Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Inna alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina Man yahdihillah falamudillalah Wa min yudlil falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahduhu la sharika lah وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله رسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فنرى أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير حدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر أمور محدثاتها وكل محدث بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وبعد فرحمة الله ويأسك الله سبحانه وتعالى to bless our brothers Marcus Salafi, Manchester, in their efforts to organize this short Dora, in which the aim, no doubt, is that we can bring about benefits for ourselves first and foremost as individuals and as a community when it comes to the affair of the basics of the deen of Islam. And no doubt, when it comes to these basics, that it's not the case that any one individual can say and feel that he sufficed of them. And say and feel that he knows these things already. And so he's not in need of repetition. كما يقال as it stated في إعادة إفادة يعني when it comes to repetition then there's benefit within it and likewise no doubt when it comes to gatherings such as these there may be affairs from the basics that we thought that we knew however new information and new ilm, new knowledge is brought to us for the sake of Allah and for the benefit of ourselves and those around us. And so specifically, what I wish to discuss with yourselves today, Ya Hibba, is the issue of the Sunnah 
or the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his status and his status amongst the Muslims and his status in deen. The reason for that, no doubt, is you find upon the tongues of the people you will hear the statements about yani, the sunnah yani, you must adhere to the sunnah or individual referring to himself as sunni yani, the one that ascribes to the sunnah or the description of ahlu sunnati wal jama'ah and so no doubt this is something all of these words and all of these terminologies are mahmood are all praiseworthy However, they can only be praiseworthy once the individual adheres to the sunnah in its true reality. They can only be praiseworthy if the call, if that statement is matched with the amal, with the action. And in reality, a person cannot act upon the sunnah and give the sunnah its due right, the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is due right unless he has knowledge of it. Imam Bukhari, Rahimahullah, Fi Sahih, the chapter Bab Al Ilm, Kabla Kali wa Amal. Knowledge precedes speech and action. And that's, just the, that's still the case when it comes to the affair of the Sunnah. It's still the case when an individual, if he's seeking to adhere to the Sunnah, he's seeking to be a Sunni, he's seeking to have tamasuk with Sunnah, upon him is knowledge, first and foremost, before all else. And so thus, this is what I wish to discuss with yourselves today, in what will be, and Allah Ta'ala knows best what we hope, some short words that we ask that Allah Ta'ala blesses for all of us and makes of benefit for us in the dunya and akhirah. The first thing we wish to discuss when it comes to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is this definition. Like, what is it? And the sunnah in relation to the definition of the Ahlul Hadith, the people of Hadith, the muhaddithin, the scholars of Hadith, is that it's the call of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the statement of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wal'amlu and his actions wa taqrirat his silent approvals, his tacit approvals wa sifatihi akhuluqiyya wa khalqiyya and the description of him alayhi salatu wa salam by way of his sifat, his description when it comes to his mannerisms, as well as his physical description. And this is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what we are sought, this is what is upon us to adhere to, and have tamasuk upon. And Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, he mentions in some speech, narrated by Imam Bayhaqi. Imam al-Shafi'i, Rahimahullah, he mentions Wa sunnata Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ala falafati awjuh 
to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will occur in three different ways. Ahaduhum, the first of them, and one of them, ma anzal Allahu fihi nasr kitab, fasanna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bi'mithli nasr kitab. And so the first is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed within the book, revealed within the Qur'an. And so the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes that a sunnah and makes it binding upon the people to adhere to it as a sunnah. Due to that which is word, that is found within the words, within the speech of Allah ta'ala. All of this is regarded as being a sunnah. The second is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in generality, and in jumlatan. فَبَيَّنَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَعْنَى مَا أَرَادَ بِالْجُمْلَةِ And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals an ayah, and it reveals it in a general sense. And so thus the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he would clarify and explain the meanings of what is found and what is derived from his ayat. And so this is no doubt when you reflect upon the books of tafsir and the first books of tafsir, generally speaking, for example, tafsir al-Tabri, Ibn al-Jarir, or the tafsir of Ibn Kathir, the majority of what is found within these books are riwayat, narrations from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he clarifies the meaning found within these ayat and so this in reality again is from his sunnah and then Shafi'i mentions the third ma sanna Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mimma laysa fihi nas laysa fihi nasu kitab and so the third type, which is found in the Sunnah, is that which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions as a Sunnah. However, it's not found within the Quran, within the Kitab. And so, as we know, Allah subhanahu wa taala has made the Taat and Nabi alayhi salatu wasallam an obligation. And so when he, alayhi salatu wasalam, establishes an affair from the sunnah and he commands us with that, then no doubt the asl is a ta'a. The asl is obedience to him, alayhi salatu wasalam, adhering to that which he's come with, sallallahu alayhi wa And so, as you find, there are many texts that mention the obligation of adhering to the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam and the obligation of iman I believe in the messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam and from them is the statement of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala 
his messenger, his book that he sent upon his messenger وسلم, and the books that he sent before him that preceded him alayhi salatu wasalam. And so whoever disbelieves in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers and the final, and the final day the day of judgment, then indeed he's gone far, far astray. So no doubt from this ayah we understand that Allah Ta'ala addresses those from the believers and commands them with believing in the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Commands them with believing in Allah, in Allah and the Messenger. And the books, believing in the Quran, and believing in the books that come previously, came previously to the Quran. That it's not sufficient that the person states, for example, that I believe in Allah. And he makes that statement, and so I suffice with that statement in order to be considered from amongst the mu'mineen, to be considered from amongst the believers. Rather, what is upon him is to believe in Allah. And believe in his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa Believe in Allah And believe in his messenger And believe in the books Doesn't suffice that the person says I'm going to believe in Allah Alone Or I'm going to believe in the books All a person merely says I believe that the messenger of Allah Is a messenger However he has doubt within the Quran Rather the individual from his iman Is that he believes in Allah The messenger and the books Likewise Allah Ta'ala states فَآمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ وَالنُّورِ الَّذِي أَنزَلْنَا أَلْزَلْنَا وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ And Allah Ta'ala states and believe in Allah and His Messenger and the light which we sent down upon Him and Wallah, Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing of what you do is well aware and well informed of that which you do this is the state of the one that is truly seeking to adhere to the son of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, upon him first and foremost is Iman. Believe in Allah, believe in the Messenger. For no doubt a person cannot say I'm adhering to the Sunnah. However, he has doubts in the message of the Nabi He has doubt in his Nabu and his prophecy. Rather upon him is to adhere to that fair, adhere to the sunnah, adhere to the haqq. And thus, Allah Ta'ala mentions from the fadl of the one that adheres to the sunnah, he mentions, وَمَنْ يُتِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ عَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالسِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسْنُ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا 
And so Allah Ta'ala states in relation to those that obey Allah. He Ta'ala stated, and whoever obeys Allah, whoever obeys Allah and his messenger, then he will be along with those that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed blessings upon from amongst the prophets and the truthful, the martyrs and the righteous. And what a blessed and good companionship to, to, to behold and to have. So no doubt, if the person truly adheres to the sunnah and obeys the messenger of Allah وسلم, then he will be that individual that will be placed along with those from amongst the Anbiya, along with those from the truthful, the Siddiqeen, among with those from the martyrs. Why? Because he is the individual that gives great importance to the Sunnah of the Nabi, والسلام, to the extent that he leads him to following it and adhering to it. And so, as we understand from that, is that the individual that truly seeks to adhere to that sunnah, truly seeks to be the sunni, an individual from Ahlul Sunnah, then he must be that individual that strives upon that path, strives upon that path of ta'ah, strives upon that path of obedience. It's not sufficient that the person merely states with the tongue, for no doubt, as Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we are, or we have the belief in relation to Iman, that is, that is the tasdiq al-qalb, and the belief within the heart, qawl bil-lisan, statement upon the tongue, wal amal bil-jawari, as well as the actions upon the limbs. So the individual, no doubt, when it comes to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we mentioned previously, upon him is Iman. And he must believe in the heart that he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is the messenger. That he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is a prophet, as a nabi from the anbiya of Allah. That Allah sent to him with the perfect message. That Allah completed the deen by way of him, alayhi salatu wassalam. And so thus with that, the individual attains the khair, attains that good that is found within the dunya, or the good that is found within the akhirah. And so, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, in a hadith narrated by Abi Huraira. Call inni taraktu fikum shay'in. Lan tadillu ba'duhuma. He mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I've left for you two things. 
that you will never go astray after those two. If you adhere to these two things, you will never go astray. Kitab Allah wa sunnati. He mentioned the book of Allah and my sunnah. And the one that adheres to that sunnah, the one that adheres to that way, you will never go astray. So in reality now, the person is aware of the sunnah. He's aware of adhering to the sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. He's aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded him with obedience to the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. And so thus, he will truly recognize that by way of holding on to that sunnah, he will never go astray. By way of holding on to the book of Allah, he will never go astray. As Allah Taala commands us with, Hold on firm to the robe of Allah, all of you, and be not divided. What is the robe of Allah? Except that it's the, it's the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. This is the hal. This is the solution to any form of splitting. Deviation. This is the solution. The one that adheres to the sunnah. The one that holds on firm to that sunnah. Because he knows. That by way of holding on firm to the sunnah is a means of najah. Is a means of the person being saved. And likewise, the opposite. The individual must be aware of the opposite. That in relation to the sunnah, as the Nabi mentioned in the hadith narrated by Anas ibn Malik. Man raghiba an sunnati falaysa minni. And whoever desires other than my sunnah is not from me. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam freed himself from anyone that desired other than the sunnah. So it's upon us no doubt to reflect upon that. When a person brings to you a practice, whether that practice be one that you are well aware of or is new to you. Upon you is reflection. Upon you is the question. Is this in line? Is this mawafiq? Is this particular action? In accordance with the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Is it one and the same? Or is there a difference? Is what is requested of me in line with the Sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, or is what is requested of me other than that? And so thus, we understand from that that the one that hears the other than the Sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, then he will find himself in a scenario of grave danger. For indeed, the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is the means to guidance, as mentioned by Imam Malik, rahimahullah, where he mentions a sunnah, the sunnah is like the ark of Nuh alayhi salam. 
من ركبها نجا ومن تخلى عنها هلك اي whoever traverses upon it boards it اي the sunnah whoever boards the sunnah will be saved and whoever leaves it off will face destruction and this is the manner in which the people this is the manner in which the people must reflect upon the sunnah reflect upon that which the prophet sallallahu came with by way of guidance that he came with guidance for all of mankind for their success for their salvation and whoever desires other than that then the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is mentioned in that in previous mentioned hadith he alayhi salatu wassalam has freed himself from them he's not regarded as being the one that's adhering to the sunnah and though thus Ibn Rajab rahimahullah he mentions that makhalifat al-rasul Opposing the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is of two types Opposing the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is of two types The first of them Is مخالفة من لا يعتقد طاعة عمر So the first of them Is the one that opposes Due to the fact That he doesn't believe in obeying His command so this is the first time he, he disobeys and he opposes the messenger of Allah وسلم, and he opposes his sunnah due to the fact that he in reality doesn't believe in it doesn't believe in, obe- in being obedient to the Nabi and so this in reality is the mukhalifa of the kuffar this is, how the, this is how the disbelievers oppose the Messenger of Allah This is how Ahlul Kitab The people of the book Oppose the Messenger of Allah They oppose him Due to their antiqah, due to creed They oppose him <coughs> Due to the fact That they don't believe In his sunnah And so no doubt Those individuals As Ibn Rajah mentions تَحْتَ ذِلَةِ الصِّغَارِ تَحْتَ ذِلَةِ الصِّغَارِ That they As individuals Will face the humiliation of those that are small and lowly Those that are, regard, that are regarded As being lowly This is the reality of those individuals that they don't give any credence to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's the first type. The second, إِمَنَ اتَّقَدْ طَاعَتُهُ ثُمَّ يَخَالِفْ عَمْرُهُ. So the second type is the one that believes in obeying the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. However, he opposes his command. So he believes in it. 
It's not like the first that didn't believe. He believes in it. However, he opposes. The affair becomes one of opposition. And so this second type is of two types in of itself. The first of them are those that oppose the commands of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by way of ma'asi, <coughs> by way of disobedience. We are anha ma'asi. And he believes, he truly believes that it's, it's disobedience. And so this individual, he may possess a nasib. He may possess a portion of the aforementioned humiliation. A humiliation of the akhirah. Because no doubt, due to the fact that he's sinful, and we're referring to the one that is sinful, whilst knowing that he's sinful, and he dies upon that. And he doesn't make tawbah. He doesn't, he doesn't repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He dies upon that. Then know that such an individual is in opposition to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu and so we understand that no doubt the evil of ma'asi in of itself, the evil of sinning in of itself is, that, is the fact that the person has disobeyed Allah, disobeyed the command of Allah, or adhered or fell into something that was prohibited for him. That in of itself is evil. However, the added evil to that is the fact that within that disobedience is makhalafatul rasul wa sunnatu. Within that evil is that the individual has opposed the messenger and opposed his sunnah. This is the reality of such an individual. That's the first time. The second is the one that has left and opposed the sunnah of the Nabi due to shubuhat, due to doubts. And these individuals in reality, whom Ahlul Ahwa, they are the people of desires. And so thus, this is in reference to the people of desires and the people of innovation. And thus this is what is mentioned by Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah. And so thus with this, we understand that the one that fell into the second time, right, the one that fell into disobedience, whilst he believed in the sunnah, he believed in obeying the sunnah, however he fell into it due to shubuhat, that such an individual may be worse than the first. Because the first individual, he's aware of the disobedience. And that i'tiraf, the acknowledgement of the affair of disobedience, may lead him in kamawafaq. If he's an individual that Allah Ta'ala bestows success upon and guides, he's an individual that may be led towards Tawbah, and he repenting, because he's aware that he's upon disobedience.
فيتوب إلى الله. He repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, the second individual is the one that has fallen into shubuhat, wa bid'ah, wa khurafat, and his evil actions. And so, thus, by way of that, these individuals may fall into that which is worse. Because they may sincerely believe that they are upon the haqq, they're upon the truth. And they have no himma, they have no desire, <coughs> and they give no importance to anything to do with making tawbah. They give no importance to the affair of repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because they believe what they are upon is the sunnah, or what they are upon is in the cause of Islam. And so upon us, no doubt, is to beware of that. Beware of our actions. The reality is, is that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one of perfection. And it's our actions that may have khalal. It's our actions that may be deficient. It's the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon pure perfection. And so it's upon us to question the actions that we are putting forth. The question, to question the ibadah that we are putting forth before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to question the nusus. Not to question the texts. Not to question what has come by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within the book and the sunnah. Rather upon us is to adhere to that. To adhere to that sunnah. Irrespective of how we hear it, when we hear it, we adhere to that. This is the manner in which a person adheres to the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. And thus, because the sunnah is of great importance, the sunnah in of itself, The sunnah in of itself is of great importance. Then we find, Barakallahu Fikum, that is is held in high esteem by those that are well acquainted with it. It's held in high esteem by those that are well acquainted with it by way of the companions, by way of the imma and deen. This is, their, this is their attitude towards the sunnah. Because they're well aware that the sunnah <coughs> is of great value. It's qayyim. Carries qima. It's thameen. The sunnah is in of itself. And so like any form of treasure anything of value you seek to protect it anything of anything of great value you seek to protect it and so the companions that witnessed 
the sunnah of the Nabi والسلام, the companions that witnessed the revelation due to their companionship with the Nabi والسلام, these individuals were the most ardent and steadfast when it came to protecting the sunnah of the Nabi they were the original father of the sunnah the companions of the Nabi and we understand that when it comes to the companions, I these companions, the suha, the Sahaba, the companions of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that the itikad, the belief of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, is that these companions are all thikad adul. All of them are trustworthy. We all know who they are. They're all documented. And who are they? When did they live? How long they got they accompanied the Nabi alayhi salatu salam? And this is no doubt is from the Messiah of the Deen of Islam. It's from the distinguishing factors and unique factors of this deen. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected this deen and preserved this deen and the nusus of this deen by way of the rijal, by way of the men. At the head of them, the companions. At the head of them, the companions. And so thus, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises them by way of his statement, as sabiqoon al-awwaloon, من المهاجرين وأنصار والذين تبعوهم بإحسان رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنهم. الله تعالى mentions those the first and foremost who proceeded from the مهاجرين are those that made the hijrah from مكة المدينة والأنصار and the inhabitants of the مدينة from the companions والذين تبعوهم والذين تبعوهم بإحسان and those that followed them in in good. Radiallahu anhum wa radu'an. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them, and likewise they are pleased with Him. This is a praise from Allah Ta'ala. A praise from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala upon these individuals. Every single one of them. Bilal istifna. Without any exception. And so, thus, when we reflect upon that, when you hear about an individual, and for example, you want to get a reference for a person, and you hear that an individual has been praised, you want to know about someone to see who, to, who to take knowledge from, and you hear that it's been praised by one of the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah, or you want to find out about an individual and it's been praised by someone upstanding that raises that person, your estimation of that person in your eyes. That raises the individual when you contemplate about that person. When they're praised by Bashar. When they're praised by mankind. So what about when these individuals are praised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Rabbah samawati wal ard. These individuals, every single one of them praised by him. Why? Because they are hufad of the sunnah. They are the ones that preserve, preserve the sunnah in its first instance. 
and speaking ill of them, no doubt is an attempt to speak ill about the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Hence when you find the people speaking ill of the Sunnah, they're not speaking ill of the Sunnah except that they're trying to find a madkhal or you don't find the people speaking ill of the companions rather except that they're trying to find a madkhal they're trying to find an entry to speak about the Sunnah when you contemplate about those individuals that speak ill of the companions who are they except that the Ahlul Bid'ah, the people of innovation, seeking to make the affair of their innovation comparative to the Sunnah? So rather than speak about the Sunnah, they seek to speak about those that carried it and preserved it and adhered to it and held on to it with everything that they had. Likewise, the Orientalist, the Mustashriqeen, the Orientalist, he will speak and seek knowledge about Islam. Not for the gharat or the ghaya, mukhlisa, not for, for a sincere purpose. Rather, he is seeking knowledge of Islam in order to try and throw doubts upon the beliefs of the Muslims. And this is their ghaya, this is their, this is their goal, this is their hadith. This is the hadith, their goal. When you find these individuals and you contemplate upon the hal of these individuals, who do they seek to speak about the most? The companions. Why? Because these were the individuals that sought to protect the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Examples of that, barakallahu feekum, is the statement from them is the statement of Muhammad ibn Sirin. The statement of Muhammad ibn Sirin. Rahimahullah. Qal, kana Anas, yani Anas ibn Malik, qalil hadith an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa kana idha hadith, wa kana idha hadith an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Qal, aw kama qal, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Anas ibn Malik, as mentioned by Muhammad ibn Sirin, from his students, Muhammad ibn Sirin, he mentioned, Allah, that Anas ibn Malik would not narrate narrations of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, except for a few. Except for a few. And if he would narrate, he would say, or as if the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam slated. He would narrate like this, I not in large volume, and state as is, this is as if he's the Nabi Alaihissalam said. He would narrate in this manner, due to the wara, tahari due to the affair that the that the companions had when it came to the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah sallam, and their fear. Of narrating the Sunnah, narrating something from the Sunnah, which wasn't actually from it. And their fear of the Wa'id al Shadid, their fear of the great threat in which the Nabi mentions, Man kalaba alayya muta'amadan falyatabawa maqadahu min an nar, that whoever lies upon me intentionally, 
then let him take his, take his seat within the hellfire. So due to that, they wouldn't freely narrate. They wouldn't just narrate everything, everything that they feel that they want to narrate. Compare that to the Asr al-Hadr. Compare that to the day we live in now. Where an individual will narrate and narrate and narrate. And he may narrate part of a hadith. Or he doesn't know the hadith. He doesn't know if the Messenger of Allah said it. He doesn't, he doesn't contemplate upon the sihha of the narration. Whether the narration is authentic or not. He just narrates. Contemplate upon the individuals. Whose himma. What they give importance to. Is worrying the people. Entertainment. And so due to that. Driving goal to entertain the people. They will narrate whatever they feel like narrating. They will narrate. Whatever they feel like. Sounds better upon the tongue. And the people were inclined towards. So I can. Min al haq So I can. Irrespective of whether it's from the haq, irrespective of whether it's true, irrespective of whether it's batil, falsehood, irrespective of whether it's truly ascribed to the Messenger of Allah, the person just narrates. Compare that to this narration of Anas and the action of Anas, Sibn Malik, and where he stated, or where he stated about him that. He wouldn't narrate except for few. Few narrations. And when you reflect upon this, specifically about Anas ibn Malik, Anas ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, was from among the mukhfirin of the companions. The companions that narrated the most amount of narrations. And so when Ibn Sirin, Ibn Sirin, Muhammad Ibn Sirin, who spent the most amount of time with him, from his tulab, from the khawas of Anas ibn Malik mentions that about him he mentions even with all of those narrations that he narrated radiallahu anhu that he had he restricted himself he held back he restrained in fear of narrating something that was not from the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa likewise you have the narration of Sha'bi Rahimahullah. And he mentioned Jairast Ibn Umar Sana Fama Samitu Yuhadith and Rasulullah Sallallahu Sallam Shayah. So Sha'abi mentions that I sat with Umar ibn Khattab for a year. I sat with Umar ibn Khattab for a year. And I did not hear him narrate anything from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Again Due to this affair of Holding back Not narrating Whatever they hear All of these things are practices In preservation of the Sunnah And the first generation That embarked upon preserving the Sunnah Likewise you have the narration Now, likewise, you have the narration of Abdurrahman ibn Abi Layla. Qal kunna, kunna li Zayd ibn Arkham. 
حدثنا عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال نعم حدثنا عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم so he said عبد الرحمن بن ابن ابن ابي ليلى he said تزيد بن ارقم narrate to us a narration, some narrations on the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he stated in response radhiallahu anhu that we've grown old in age and we've forgotten والحديث عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Shadid. He stated that we are we've gone, we've grown old. And due to old age, we've forgotten. So again, he restricted himself due to the fear that due to his forgetting or what he believed to be forgetting and old age, they did not want to narrate from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. For indeed, no doubt, what comes with it is great responsibility. What comes with it is that you are narrating the wahi. You are narrating the revelation from the, the Messenger of Allah wasallam. This is the status of the sunnah. You're narrating that which you narrate could be a means for guidance of an individual. That which you narrate could be a means for a person Avoiding punishment in the hereafter. It can be a means for their salvation. And so no doubt it's a must that the individual, when adhering to that sunnah, and following that sunnah, and then narrating that sunnah, he's absolutely sure that came from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Again, not like the individuals now that, be that believe that they could just say whatever they want to say. Speak wherever they speak and check it later. Is it a hadith or check it later? But I'm going to tell you anyway. This is guidance. This is Saratul Mustaqim. The Sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, the Saratul Mustaqim. It's not that the person now can say that I'm going to adhere to this or I'm going to narrate it and then I'll find out if it's Siha later. Or we're going to narrate whatever narrations if they cause the people to leave of sinning. Or we're going to narrate narrations if it caused the people to perform righteous actions. As you find with some groups, for example, Jamaat al-Tabliq, they will narrate narrations. And when it's said to individuals from them that you are lying upon the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, they may state in response, we're not lying upon the Nabi, we are lying for him, we are the Billah. The Prophet وسلم, is not in need of any individual lying, any individual fabricating what he has mentioned from the fada'il, from the virtues of righteous actions have been mentioned for our benefit. What he has mentioned from the punishments has been mentioned for our benefit. So we do not fall into that which is detrimental to ourselves and our religion. This is how we understand this affair of the sunnah. This is how we understand the affair of adhering to it. Likewise, you have the narration of Al-Qama, where he mentions, Tadakurul hadith. 
فإن ذكره حياته. The message revised the hadith. For indeed, in revision of the hadith is what brings it to life, gives it life. And it's preservation of it. That the individual adheres to the ahadith of the Nabi, alayhi salatu wasalam. And so thus, it's a must that we give the sunnah its due status. And we adhere to it as it should be adhered to. And not in a manner that we feel is best. For indeed, with his sunnah is pure perfection. And so we adhere to that way as Ahlul Sunnah. And we adhere to that way as Ahlul Hadith, the people of Hadith. And so thus, Shaykh Rabi' Shaykh and Shaykh Rabi' Hafidahullah he mentions in relation to the people of Hadith. Like who are they? Who are the people of Hadith? And so thus he mentions they are the individuals that are upon the manhaj, the, the methodology of the companions and those that follow them in good. They're upon that methodology when it comes to tamassuk bi kitabi wa sunnah. The people of hadith are those that hold on to the kitab and the sunnah upon the way of the companions and those that follow them in good. And they hold on firm to it with their molars. They are the individuals that give taqdeem to the sunnah and they give presence to the sunnah over and above the call a statement of any other individual. Whether that be in a qaid, whether that be in creed, whether that be in ibadah, any worship, whether that be in actions, dealings, whether that be in mannerisms, whether that be in politics, whether that be in, whether that be in the affair of the society in the community. Irrespective of any affair that the person is adhering to, these people from Ahlul Sunnah, these people from Ahlul Hadith, they give precedence to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, Because they understand that this is the path to guidance. So if the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, is a path to guidance, why would you take anything other than that? Why would you adhere to the right? Why would you adhere, adhere to the opinion of another individual? Whilst that which he came with alayhi salatu wasalam is true guidance. <coughs> Likewise, these people from Ahlul these people from Ahlul Hadith, they are the individuals that are thabitun fi deen wa furu'i. They are those that are firm and steadfast in the foundation of the deen and in the secondary subsidiary matters of the deen they adhere to that they cling to that and they adhere to da'wah they call the people to that for indeed it's not enough for you to say I am aware of the sunnah I'm aware of the value of the sunnah however you keep that to yourself 
or punish and here to tell the people about that. Upon you to inform the people of that. To, to adhere to that way and know. And know that the Prophet وسلم, came with a deen of perfection and guidance. A deen of salvation. And so this is the way of the people of the hadith. Likewise, they are the individuals, the people of the hadith will always be clear and manifest upon the truth. In accordance with the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, The Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi mentions, there will not cease to be a group from my ummah, clear and manifest upon the truth. This is Allah hadith. They clear manifest upon the truth. Why? Because they cling to hadith. They stick to hadith. They act upon hadith. They call to hadith. There will not seem to be a group from my own clear manifest upon the truth. They will not be harmed by those who seek to betray them, nor those who oppose them, until the hour is established. Until the hour, barakallahu is established. Likewise, Ahlul Hadith are the Firqat al-Najiyah. Ahlul Hadith are the safe sect. They are the individuals that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, mentioned in relation to them. Man kana ala ma'ana alayhi wa ashabi. Who is that group? Who is that group that will be saved? Those that are upon what I am upon today, what I am upon, and my companions. Those that adhere to that way. Those that are upon that way of his sunnah. And so thus, Shaykh and Shaykh Rabi' he goes on to mention, I will mention some of these in a, in a concise manner. But it's important for us to know. For if we we are those that adhere to the Sunnah, and we love the Sunnah, and we love its people, no doubt we should love the Hafav of the Sunnah, those that preserve the Sunnah. We should love those from the individuals that are from the most virtuous of this Ummah. Again, we refer to ourselves as Salaf, as Salafiyin. Now, those that ascribe to the manhaj of the Salaf, ascribe to the manhaj of the Salaf, because it's the haq, it's the truth, we have to. It's upon you to be upon the manhaj of the Salaf. Now, irrespective of what anyone says, adhering to Salafiyya is the haq, it's the truth. Irrespective of what anyone says or argues, Adhering to the Salafiyyah is the only way you can live your life. Naam. The only way you can, you can practice your Islam, but Islam is your life. The only way you can live your life is seeking to adhere to the Sunnah, seeking to adhere to the Hadith of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, and seeking to follow the way and understand the religion just as these individuals understood them. 
I, those first generation of Ahlul Hadith, those first Huffaf, the first individuals that preserved the narration of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, preserved the Sunnah because they recognized the status. And so thus, Shaykhana Shaykh Rabi' Hafidahullah, he mentions some of them. And so he mentions first and foremost, as we mentioned earlier, the companions, all of them. All of the companions. Hufad. All of the companions, those that preserved the deen of Allah Tabarak Ta'ala. The companions, all of them trustworthy. Thereafter, he mentions, Yani, the Tabi'in, those that followed them, Yani, the Tulab, the Talamith, <coughs> those that studied and took narrations from these companions and sought to preserve the deen by way of these companions. And so from them is mentioned is Sa'id ibn Musayyib. From the Kibar Tabi'in, Sa'id ibn Musayyib. He died in the year 90 after Hijrah. Likewise, Salim ibn Abdullah ibn Umar. The son of Ibn Umar who died in the year 106 after the Hijrah. Likewise, Hassan al-Basri, who died in the year 110 after the Hijrah. Likewise, Muhammad ibn Sirin, who died in the year 110 after the Hijrah also. Likewise, Muhammad ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, who died in the year 125 after the Hijrah. And these are the tabi'in. Hufav al-Din, Hufav al-Sunnah. And thus then you had the Atba'a Tabi'in, those that followed them. From amongst the Salaf. From amongst them Malik, Imam Malik, who died in year 179 after Hijrah. Imam Uzai, who died in year 157 after the Hijrah. Sufyan al-Thawri, who died in the year 161 after Hijrah. Sufyan ibn Uyayna, who died in the year 198 after the Hijrah. Alayf ibn Sa'ad, who died in the year 175 after the Hijrah. So these are the, these, these generations, the companions, the Tabi'in, Atba'a Tabi'in. And no doubt you have after them those that were imma in deen, imams in deen, those that were from amongst the muhaddifin, those that narrated, narration of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu had it they had due care and due diligence with the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu due to the state of the hadith and the sunnah. From amongst them, you have Abdullah ibn Mubarak, who died in the year 181 after Hijrah. You had Imam Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i, who died in the year 204 after Hijrah. You had Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Qahtan, Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Qattan, who died in the year 198 after Hijrah. And likewise as well from their students, from the students of those individuals, from them Yahya ibn Mu'in, who died in the year 233 after Hijrah, 
From them, Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, who died in the year 241 after the Hijrah, as well as the students of them, Imam Bukhari, who died in the year 256 after the Hijrah, or Imam Muslim, who died in the year 261 after the Hijrah. All of these examples of a'imma, every single one of them dedicating their lives to preserving the treasure, which is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa preserving it, preserving the athar, preserving the narrations, because they recognize that within these narrations is a means of a person's istiqamah, being upright in their deen, following that which is good for them in the dunya and the akhirah, and the means, and the means of success within the dunya and the akhirah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I will conclude with this short words here as we mentioned. فَجَزَاكُمَ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا جَمِيعًا وَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ فِيكُمْ I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He keeps those from amongst you that adhere to the sunnah Islam and the Sunnah keeps us all steadfast upon the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. And for those from amongst the people that are with us today that may be, that may be coming to learn about Islam and the Sunnah, we ask Allah Ta'ala to guide you to the Haqq. Because we do not say these words Except that we want good for ourselves as individuals and we want good for you as a means of guidance to the truth. For indeed, as we understand and we know, the truth can only be one. Whilst falsehood can be many. And so it's important that, the that us as individuals seek that truth, seek the truth by way of the texts, and once, and once the truth comes to us, we adhere to it and follow it in the best way possible. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. فَجَزَاكُمُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا جَمِيعًا وَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ فِيكُمْ وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين